Hello and welcome back to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host Luke Mackay. Luke, how are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the Crack and Banter podcast. Of course, my recurring special guest, as we've claimed. I'm, I'm like the, I'm the living, I'm the pair of the podcast, the <laughs> nanny. I like that. I don't keep sick. I like that second weekend we already have a ridiculous inside joke that no new listeners would ever understand. You have to listen to the first episode to get that joke. Well, it's because we've been teamed viewers. Like, I mean, it's it's really more creating a story or a, a, a background to it. Like, you don't watch the the fiftieth episode of the. I don't even know if there are fifty episodes of the wire, but you don't watch halfway through the wire and expect to understand what's happening. And I'd say this exactly. is kind of like the wire of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With even more drugs. <laughs> yeah, there's extensive lore to the Crack and Banter podcast. They're enough to fill tomes worth of books. Um, a little peek behind the scenes there, just as we went to record, I recorded an intro where I called myself Luke. Uh, so we had to re-record the intro. Wishful thinking, isn't it, on your part? <laughs> it is, yeah. It's yeah. it's. It's tricky being a podcast host. Look, I mean, you're the special guest. You know, you don't have the pressure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm like the, the command, the commanders in like World War One. You're, you're the soldier. You do all the brute work and get shot at or whatever, and I'm the one who gets all the credit and all the nice medals. Exactly, exactly. I'm out here on the front lines taking bullets for this podcast, calling myself Luke. Yeah, yeah. So. The true punishment of a podcast host to call themselves Luke. I, know, I was getting hopeful there from we had swapped identities like face off. So I think would would you rather be uh, Nicholas Cage with John Travolta's face or John Travolta with Nicholas Cage's face? I would rather be Nicholas Cage with John Travolta's face because then you get to have the personality of Nicholas Cage whilst being as handsome as John Travolta. John, John Travolta. I, 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 we're doing the end. We can't. We can't restart. We could restart with your mistake. We can't restart after Tron <laughs> Travolta. No, no, no. Tron Travolta. Yes, the the classic. That classic movie where you get incepted into a video game from the eighties, but you are also John Travolta. That Tron Travolta. <laughs> My favorite movie. <laughs> did you ever? Did you yeah. ever see? Sorry, I, this is another tangent. Did you ever see that? Like remake of oh I'm not sure if it was a remake or if it was a sequel but Tron Legacy and they like de-aged Jeff Bridges with CGI yeah I did see it I actually really liked that movie uh, the CGI is dodgy but I actually thought it was really good I think I liked it but my only lasting memory for it is de-aged Jeff Bridges and I was kind of thinking John Travolta now if you've ever seen him just looks like that permanently like he has been de-aged by CGI like he looks yeah. very young for his age, but at the same time, there's something not quite right about. It. I've just yeah, realized he is... that someone from Scientology probably now watching my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, John Travolta is like he he clearly is old, but he just does not have the face of it at all. Yeah, I'm because like... he is, of course, he of course has Nicolas Cage's face as as we established. I would like to just make it very clear if the Church of Scientology is listening. I'm not slagging off John Travolta, please. <laughs> Don't disappear me. Not that we're saying the Church of Scientology disappear people. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people associated with Scientology who 
aren't where they used to be. Look, you are towing a line here. You're gonna get you're gonna get Tron revolted. Someone's gonna someone's gonna put you in a video game. Honestly, probably not currently the worst feat you could have. <laughs> that is true escapism, isn't it? Yeah. So what have we got this week? This week, following on from our last week's conversation about our most anticipated movies of 2021, we actually were meant to do this last week, but we just uh, we talked for too long. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about our most anticipated TV shows for 2021 coming up this year, um, what we're excited for, what's coming out, what we're worried about, what we think is going to be good, and basically just have a bit of a chat. I don't have a TV anymore. I replaced it with a bookshelf. That is sad. That's also a lie. It's also a lie. I find I used to read a lot more when I was younger. I think I'd be lucky to maybe do a book in a year. I think I read about as much now as I did when I was younger. I, I've never been big into reading. I just can't. I don't have the focus for it. Yeah. No. I. 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 I mean, I still do like reading, but it's just one of those things that if you don't make time for, you won't do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like stories, but I sort of find myself more often like reading bits of lore from books or like watching a video about a book rather than actually just reading it which i know probably isn't the best way to take in that media but look it's more fun lore is a real time thing you like you start reading the lore of some of like a movie or series you've never even read or watched and it'll be an hour later and <laughs> you'll still be reading the wikipedia page i know like i i love lord of the rings you know this yeah. but the, the odd time I'll be like, oh, I wonder what that's about if I'm watching the movies or whatever. And then I'll go to look it up and it's like, oh, he's the son of Frethath Nanar. And then I'm like, oh, who's that? I wonder. Click on that. Oh, Frethath Nanar was one of the Eli. And then I don't know who they are either. And then I'm seven pages into a Wikipedia article before I'm like, I have to give up. Yeah. No, I think to be fair, Lord of the Rings were kind of sensible in how they did the mythology because I mean there's so much mythology in Lord of the Rings they didn't they kept the exposition to a minimum they just kept what was needed because if you try to actually explain the lead up to everything in Lord of the Rings an, al- an already very long set of movies could have doubled in length yeah definitely uh, no it makes sense it's it's sort of I've heard I've heard people talk about this before about sort of how much you need to explain the world of like your setting and it, whenever you do a movie or a book or whatever. And it's sort of like the best kind of world building is just making sure that everything that needs to make sense for your story makes sense. But if it's doesn't matter in the story, there's no point in explaining things for no reason. Yeah. I think you want to give an outline and you can let people fill in the details if they want to. Exactly. Yeah. It's very much like, uh, the Harry Potter books, I think, are a good example of that. Um, not to endorse J.K. Rowling too much, but uh, for world building, because it's there's there's so much stuff in those that doesn't make sense. Whenever you want to, you know, if you want to read into it and nitpick stuff, but everything that has to be understood to make sense for like Harry's journey does make sense, you know. So it sort of uh, meets the, meets the needs of the story. Do you remember when she said that the that the Shinza Hogwarts just like went to the bathroom wherever they wanted and then magicked it away. Yeah, I did. I do remember. 
<laughs> some of her retrospective world building is absolutely insane. Like, I mean, it started off reasonable, reasonably enough. I thought, I thought some of the criticism of her retrospective world building was overblown. I thought maybe explaining like uh, Dumbledore's personal life was quite interesting. Is when she started out and, and seeing stuff like wizards just putting yeah. everywhere, but it went too far. <laughs> Yeah, I think there there is a a level at which just just leave it, you know. Yeah. We know enough now. Yeah, um, I, I do think though you are right. I, I I like delving into the mythology a bit, but I can't stand it when people just try to like find the smallest inconsistencies ever. Like, just it's it, it try to enjoy what you're watching a bit. If you like, if you try to find problems. I mean, obviously, that's not to say you can't criticise a movie. If it's glaringly bad, that's different. But just trying to find things to criticise, I don't understand that. Yeah. It just lead to negative viewing experience. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I think, um, it must just be a writer or director's worst nightmare to have, you know, especially if you do, like, something really, really popular. Just, you that is it. For the rest of your life, you will get questions. You know, it's like the Russo brothers for all the rest of their entire lives now they will get questions about the Avengers world building and what happened in this scene is this because Captain America wanted this to happen and god I cannot imagine anything worse than that when you're just trying to move on to a new topic or a new uh, project and that's all that people want to talk about well I I think it's probably it's probably bad for them I'll tell you it's worse for going back to Lord of the Rings can you imagine how many sweaty nerds come up to Peter Jackson every day and ask him why didn't the Eagles just carry them to Mount Mord, to Mount Doom? Yeah, I know. Oh, look, you almost said Mount Mordor there. The Lord I of the Rings fans would be alive. I don't want the sweaty nerds coming up to me. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying, actually, uh, you, you said this when you actually said this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, you're you're making enemies on today's podcast. Well, figure come one, come all. You make <laughs> it can only get Fair so enough. bad. Just bring it all. <laughs> well, with that, we'll go into our topic for today. So, um, anticipated TV shows. I've got some different categories here, uh, but actually, that's nicely leads in. The first thing we can talk about is the Lord of the Rings TV series. Have you heard about this? I have indeed. Yes. This is something I don't know much about, sort of waiting for trailers and announcements and things, but it looks very interesting. Um, I don't know if there's too much release story-wise, just bits and pieces kind of filling in, but I think it looks interesting. It's obviously pretty high budget, pretty high concept. I I'm, I'm think it's going to be cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, again, I'm like, you. Yeah, I can't honestly say I've seen a ton of it. I think I remember seeing some casting stuff or whatever. Like, yeah. Pardon me. Sorry, looked relatively interesting. I think it's it's a, I'm not sure caught high risk. Like even if it's not great, I'll still get big viewing figures initially. But I think it's any big uh sort of IP, you're taking on a massive risk by adapting it. Like um, I mean even look at the Star Wars sequels. I, w- worst ones were probably our six out of ten movies but if you don't get it right you will get torn to shreds i i don't envy them but if it's even half decent i'll probably be 
I wouldn't say it's an over-exaggeration to say if it's half decent, it could be the biggest TV show in years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's obviously it not exactly the same, but similar enough world to Game of Thrones yeah. that we've just sort of seen be one of the biggest TV shows of all time yeah. uh, just ended. And don't know if people maybe are slightly burnt out on that, but for anybody who isn't, this is a great return to a similar world. Yeah. And on top of that, it's the Lord of the Rings IP. So you've got so much to, to work with and so many pre-existing fans anyway. It's probably got wider appeal than Game of Thrones. Uh, I think yeah. so. Game of Thrones, no one called it niche because obviously it was massive, but uh, you know, you feel like some like Lord of the Rings will have a wider appeal to different age ranges, whereas you know, Game of Thrones yeah. was really a sort of adult TV show. Yeah, and Lord of the Rings as well. It's one of those things that even the people who haven't seen the movies or read the books, they'll have at the very least heard of it. Yeah. Everybody's heard of it. So this, you could have a lot of new people coming into this because they maybe didn't want to watch the films or read the books, but, oh, well, here's a new thing I can get into because it's coming out now and everybody will be watching it at the same time. You know, I know that I'm sort of one of those people who I don't love going to going back to things that have existed or been out for ages that nobody is sort of talking about still or, or currently watching or reading or whatever. So uh, I know that I sort of like whenever something new comes out, yeah. that's that's when I like to get into yeah, things. No, I mean, I know what you mean. TV for something we primarily do by ourselves or with our families does become a communal thing. Like, I mean, uh, I think it was more sort of when your selection of TV was limited pre-streaming services, like... I can remember being in school sort of when X Factor was massive and everyone would come in on Monday morning and talk about X Factor. Or you could even say that about Britain's Got Talent. People like event TV, big, big things they can talk about. And the early seasons of Game of Thrones were were like that. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I know what you mean. It, it's, it does, it adds, it's a completely different type of viewing experience, I think, compared to watching something on your own or you know just watching it because you want to see it compared to sitting down and yeah. being like oh it's the final of whatever tonight you know or end of the season of this episode yeah. you know like that's that can be really exciting which i think i i do love seeing new things coming out like that and it's also i think the the main reason i quite like when things get released week to week instead yeah. of sort of the big series yeah, stuff yeah. i think i prefer that um rather than like binging an entire series in a day yeah, yeah. It used to be you knew everyone would be on the same foot, and now you like, even if you find someone who's watched the same thing as you, you start to try and talk about it, and you say, What episode are you at? and you're like a season ahead or behind them, and then don't want yeah. to talk about it then because you don't want to get spoilers. Exactly. It's because it, for a long time, especially whenever sort of Netflix was the only big streaming service, anytime a series came out, that was how it released. It was the whole series would drop at once, and then you'd watch it in a day or you'd come back to it, you know, and it, yeah, like you say, everyone would be different. Yeah. But sort of more recently, the first thing that comes to mind is like the Mandalorian yeah. that came out week to week. And it was, it was really exciting to be able to talk to people, yeah. you know, the day after or throughout the week after a certain episode came out and you're just talking about that episode and sort of thinking about what could come next. And it does get you more excited yeah. for it. That being said, I do also sometimes wish whenever it gets to the end of an episode that the next episode was out already because it is 
a horrible feeling sitting there just dying to see the next episode and knowing you have to wait yeah. a week. But I think I think objectively, you know, from an outside perspective, I do prefer week to week releases. Yeah. No, I mean Mandalorian's probably the closest thing I can think of in the past uh, maybe year or two that's been at what I would call event TV. You know, just something yeah. everyone was talking about. I mean, the only other things I can think about maybe are like Tiger King or some of the, some of those murder documentaries on Netflix got quite popular. I tell you what, that's actually yeah. Amazon's challenge. When I think of big TV that everyone's talking about uh, on streaming services, it's basically all Netflix. The only one I think, the only ones I can think of, and other ones are, as you said, The Mandalorian and maybe The Grand Tour on Amazon Prime. It's 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 a harder sell, not in so far as yeah the actual program, but just getting people who can maybe only have one afford to have one streaming service at a time to switch over to Amazon Prime rather than Netflix. Yeah, that it, this could be the big, the big change. Uh, yeah, I think because Netflix definitely does have that, you know, that streaming service nailed down in terms of just from sort of the the way that they release shows and sort of how it works is really, really easy to use. It's really uh, intuitive. I think they've, it is probably the easiest one yeah. to use. I think um, for me, like uh, it's, it's recommendations are always really good as well. Um, so I think it is that, but like, then again, it's been around for so long. So they sort of have that edge. So it'll be interesting to see uh, who comes out on top in the big streaming wars. I mean, it's, I think it was slightly easier for them when they were the only one. No, I mean, I think there is room in the market insofar as people, dark criticisms of Netflix. Now, I would say the main one I always hear is about them cancelling shows before they're finished. Yeah. I, I know that start. I mean, I know it's annoying a lot of people. It's annoying me when I. Definitely. I, I think the worst one they did recently was Santa Clarita that because, I mean, series three ended on a cliffhanger. And they just didn't yeah. renew it. And I think... No, Netflix have a habit for uh, three seasons only, no matter how good your show is. I think that will... that They're probably still okay at the moment. But that's, to me, that's a short-term financial decision. I know producing third series yeah. doesn't make them money. In, sorry, producing extra series beyond the run doesn't... It doesn't generate revenue. But, I mean... If you keep doing it, it will turn people off in the long term. Yeah, definitely. Especially some of those big series that, like you're saying, Santa Clarita Diet, um, one that comes to mind that we'll actually talk about, or we can get into now if you want to talk about Netflix, is uh, Disenchantment. That The third season has just yeah. come out. Um, and I haven't watched it yet, but I'm, I'm re-watching the second season just because I kind of forgot what happened in it. So, But I, I really enjoyed that, and I'm sort of wondering, is season three going to wrap anything up or is it going to prepare to enter into season four and then will they renew it or not? I think um, I think we'll it's see. safe and so, uh, just because it's the only non-Simpsons Matt Gronin thing on TV. And yeah. I think, I think uh, when you've got a big creator behind it like that, that does help. Uh, but I mean, there's no guarantee. I, do you know what? It bothered me less if if there was, if there was, if they re- wrote in endings for the end mm-hmm. of the third series, and if they get another run, great, they can start a new storyline. That wouldn't bother me as much as when 
it's it's when it's set up for a fourth series and then on the rounds. Yeah, it is. It's always disappointing whenever things don't get tied up. Um, that is, it's never a good thing. So I, I know what you mean. It, it would be good to just see because I also don't. I generally don't like whenever TV shows, and I think this is used to be more common whenever like shows would just be on on television that shows did burn out quite a lot you know you'd get to season six season seven and you know there there were obvious diminishing returns in terms of entertainment you know on the the final seasons just being worse than earlier seasons and that's always so disappointing especially if it's like a show you really love uh for me like community comes to mind i i really like community but I just noticed it getting weaker and weaker towards the end. Still very yeah. funny, like, don't get me wrong, but just compared to some of those earlier episodes that were just hilarious, yeah. I was feeling like, oh, this would have been so good if it just wrapped up, you know, one season yeah. earlier or whatever. Well, it's, a, it's a different, I suppose it's a different uh, revenue model and that it's, for TV, it's about generating ad money so it's about things that'll keep bringing people back i mean i'll give you another good example walking dead i thought first four series of it was some of the best television i'd ever seen i sort of i gave up like halfway through the fifth series because i thought there was absolutely nothing actually happening yeah so i mean a series i thought i'd pretty much run its course by by its fifth series is just about to start its tenth series. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I I never got into The Walking Dead, but similarly I sort of never got was too fast and then found out that yeah, it just got a lot worse and I sort of had no interest in watching it and then just deciding to stop watching it, which is what I knew would probably yeah. happen. Um so I thought I would just leave. Yeah, it. I think I re- did you watch Disenchantment? Uh, seen, yeah, the first, the first two series. Uh, it's it's one that has gotten better as it went on. I mean, I think it started at a relatively I, I good level, but it was it was sort of the start of series one. It wasn't anything special, I'd say. By the end of series two, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I think just took a bit of time to get into its flow, which probably has been true of Matt of other macro and series. I mean, when people talk about, like, the golden age of The Simpsons, it doesn't actually start at series one. I think they usually talk about it starting about series two or three. Um, Futurama, I can't actually remember what it was sort of like in the early series. I mean, it's it probably at the highest sort of starting level of quality for any of the shows. Yeah. I didn't really like the... I like the first few seasons of Futurama. I think they're. I think it's all pretty strong, yeah. actually. So I mean, it it that's another benefit of giving a bit of a run for a series. It does sometimes take. They do sometimes take their time to find their stride. I mean, Parks and Rec and The Office. I think both are pretty per first series, uh, but they also turned yeah. out to be pretty good. So I think, yeah, it's. If there's something promising there, I never really like to write off something by its first series. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, um, especially if it's a recommendation, I think a lot of the time you, you have to give some leeway to allow it to hit its stride, yeah. Um, Disenchantment, I think, similarly, though, 
with a lot of like Futurama and The Simpsons especially, so much of what's funny about them is that the world builds yeah. gradually and you have these sort of cutbacks to other characters. And, you know, I think what they do so well is reusing older characters for jokes, you know, so it, it doesn't always have to be someone new. It can be, even if it's someone really random who was just in one scene in season one, but, you know, why waste that background character when you mm-hmm. can just bring them back? for season three and make them do something else, you know, and I really, really like that in a TV show. I think that's why The Simpsons, uh, as an example, has so many recognisable characters and characters who are so beloved. You know, everybody has a different favourite Simpsons character because of just that one joke that they did that sticks in your head that they could have given that joke to anyone, but why make a new character or a random extra character when you could give it to someone who already exists you know <laughs> sorry you just thought said thought of one joke <laughs> sort of this ralph super nintendo chalmers mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what you just want to get smile go watch like a youtube compilation of ralph's best moments yeah do you have a favorite simpsons joke <laughs> probably Rick? as a scene i don't know loads of people say it's their favorite one but i mean they say that because it is that good as the steam tams but yeah yeah that is a great scene um i love the monorail yeah. episode but i think that's a lot of people's favorites uh, as well uh, i also i've i love in the episode where uh homer goes on the yeah. hunger strike do you remember this yeah. episode and um duff is like talking to the the ceo and he's he just does that thing where he he stops speaking in the duff man voice and just talks in like this really normal voice that to me is like it's such a classic simpsons yeah. joke you know but yeah. man it makes me laugh. actually no now you're saying that i'll tell you what my favorite episode is is the one where homer eats the puffer fish and he thinks he's going to die that to me oh that yes is the pinnacle of everything that was great about the simpsons it was very funny but it was also pretty heartfelt and not in a sort of like cheesy or over sentimental way it just it, it always gets yeah me, uh, the end and where where yeah where he sits in the chair listening to the audiobook of the bible that that bit always gets me I, see i think when people say what is the simpsons loss i mean cuz i don't mind watching new episodes of the simpsons I still think they're funny. To me, it's not the humor. Yeah, me Simpsons too. Is lost. They, they just. Yeah, they, it's the the heart. Just, you just couldn't imagine an episode of The Simpsons like that coming out today. It's. I, it just. I don't know whether it's The Simpsons' fault or just because you don't really get that in sort of like um, animated cart. I don't want to say adult animated cartoon because that. Sounds like something completely different. But <laughs> ca- cartoons are for children, basically. <laughs> yeah. That sounds You're right. There's, there's no good way to phrase that. But if you look <laughs> at them now, none of them really do heartfelt. Like, I mean, Rick and Morty's great. I don't think it's had a single heartfelt scene throughout its whole run uh, or American. No, it has, it has definitely some um, very real scenes and very sort of. Uh, almost breaks yeah. in the ridiculousness scenes, but yeah, I, I not so much like wholesome, heartfelt moments. <laughs> yeah, definitely. More of a, a hard yeah. look at reality in this 
show about yeah. and mad science. Maybe that says more about how we watch television now that you can do that in that sort of show. It's 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 hard yeah. to say. I I don't. It's just maybe just because you can't write a show for that long and have it stay at the same quality. It's probably just not possible. Yeah, I think that is true. Um, but yeah, The Simpsons is great. I will. We'll maybe do a Simpsons yeah. episode at some point I'd of some description just... because I would love to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and it's also an excuse to just watch more Simpsons yeah. and <laughs> call it work. <laughs> Every, everything we do for this podcast um, is tax deductible. Are you aware? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and, you know, if we made any money off this if podcast, then that would be great. Anything I've got to pay tax. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream, making yeah. any money off yeah, of anything. Let's not get too ambitious and start saying making money off the podcast. Maybe just start with making money off our general careers. <laughs> yes, that is true. That's, you know, set set realistic goals. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry. I think I think that was me. And so far off topic, and we might have come back full circle and come on topic again. I think that's true. I think somehow we got back pretty close to talking about uh, yeah. the Netflix shows. Uh, other thing I have for Netflix, which may come out this year or may not, it's still up in the air, is Stranger Things season four. You big into Stranger I feel Things? Like I've said this with a lot of things. I've not seen a single second of Stranger Things. Wow, I really, really like it. Um, I think, I think actually all three seasons are really strong. Um, I've enjoyed it all of it pretty much i think actually the first season is probably my least favorite um but it depends what you like because they do I'm... they shift in tone quite a bit i think as they go through the first season i would say is probably the most yeah. horror-esque and then the, they get a little bit more ridiculous i, I say, more ridiculous ones as an outsider looking in i'm really curious as to what genre actually sits in because i've shifted from thinking seeing some people talk about it well it's supposed to be like a modern version of those sort of like 80s coming of age movies like uh, Stand By Me or whatever, whether it's meant to be horror like it or whether or or whether it's meant to be like something wholesome like E.T. or whether it's meant to be like kind of tongue-in-cheek mix of all of that. I think it is a bit of a mix of all of that. I would say it's probably yeah. it's quite like The X-Files, I think in so far as there's there's horror sl- and sort of creepy elements to it, but also it, it never really feels yeah. that real. You know, it, it always yeah. feels like a movie and, and the town feels like a set and the characters yeah. feel like characters, you know? So I, I, I would say it's most like The X-Files if I had to describe it like something. Although it's maybe, does The X-Files maybe isn't as tongue-in-cheek, um, but it, yeah, yeah I, I, I really say, enjoy it. I think it's good. I'd say, l- looking at it, I would say, the, the two biggest influences on it seem to be Stephen King and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, definitely. Those those influences are very strong in it. Um, more more so just in like the tone and the setting, more so than the actual like um, direction I mean, of the the show. But yeah, those those it's sort of a product of that time as well. I think it chapter one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know. It is really funny seeing that sort of come full circle of like Stranger Things is clearly inspired by it and then 
people i i like to imagine that there's probably a massive demographic of people who saw the it trailer come out and be like they just ripped off stranger things <laughs> you know because like just that generational gap i would love i love the idea of sort of 11 12 year olds being like oh, i can't believe they stole all this idea from the That's stranger like, things show uh, it's, it's completely it's completely oh i knew what it was it was it was one of those clips Oh, this is gonna make me sound like such a boomer. It was one of those clips from like one of those Fine Brother videos where they get <laughs> kids to react to one of them. I think it was one they yeah. gave them floppy disk, and someone said they made the save button from Microsoft Word a real thing. <laughs> I just <laughs> that shows you no way. Even we're not old. That is mean. We're still relatively young, but the shift in technology from when we were small. I mean, it's not like floppy disks were in. When yeah. we were small, we weren't quite that old. They're just, but you knew everyone at our age. Yeah, but we we yeah we understand that that yeah, icon yeah. is an icon of a floppy disk. You know, we've seen movies where people plug in floppy disks to you know into the big computer system it's or whatever. On so far, and what's not loads more than a decade. Yeah, I. This is actually a really fun little test you can do. It's you don't have any younger siblings, so it, it's you. But if you have any like mm. cousins or just if you're ever sort of in that exact kind of situation where there's a mix of generations, a great game you can play is go around and ask people of different ages to like if if you couldn't speak to someone, um, but you were trying to sort of say to uh. them that you were on the phone, what would you do? What hand gesture would you do? Because for for me and you, we are both yeah. definitely thinking of the same thing, right? It's like yeah. the the shaka you do, like the your yeah. fingers out or your th- finger and thumb out, like a rotary phone. Um, but when you say this to anybody sort of under the age of maybe thirteen, fourteen, yeah. they will hold their palm up, you know, to their ear or in front of them, like they're looking down at their phone because obviously, yeah. because that makes sense. They've never, you know, why would they ever? understand what a rotary phone looks like the the yeah. phone gesture that we do doesn't make any sense but that that blows my mind to think that you know if you were to say phone and hold that up to your ear that an entire generation would be like I th- I what think, are you doing i think even though that access such great technology we should still like for younger ones we should still just drip feed them technology because you can't appreciate how good technology is today unless you unless you knew what it was like to use crap technology yeah. i mean i, I remember exactly through, again this has gone into total boomer territory this podcast no but i mean i can remember remember sort of being small that's okay I mean, I mean the only access to the internet was on the family computer and i mean it took, I mean, it, you're lucky if you load a web page in less than a minute now. If a web page doesn't load instantly, you're tearing up the Wi-Fi yeah. router. Exactly. Or, you know, trying to, try to move a mouse and click on something and, you you know, you could move the mouse slowly, but if you moved it too fast, That's nothing would happen. You, could take, you know, I don't know if it was um, the same forever. I assume it was, but I mean, you could take the ball out, just leave the mouse there, and then the next person to use it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I think I think that it's a mix. There are some things, some technologies that I think should absolutely be 
given as they are i think entertainment is one of those things you should you should not subject children to the absolute garbage that was tv when we were young or even people older than us because i would absolutely hate to watch tv with four channels on it and i'm sure we should not subject children to have to watch daytime television let them watch youtube let them watch netflix because you know let them let them have some entertainment (laughs) no no the the youtube kids app you know get that um youtube is a is a wild is a the wild west wrong i feel like people kids stay on kids shoes sort of for longer than they used to i mean i feel like by i again i think it might just be a product of there being limited stuff you can watch whereas they can watch it permanently now i feel like i mean by not that old i was probably more watching the regular channels during the day than the kids tv channels yeah i think though also the people who were writing kids shows when we were younger were writing shows for kids and they hadn't grown up with really cartoons or kids shows in the same way that we had, you know, uh, they had grown up with a very different type of show. Whereas the people who are writing kids TV shows now watched children's cartoons when they were younger and loved them. So they're making, they're sort of making shows that they also would enjoy, which is why, you know, that's why we have, shows like Adventure Time and, you know, shows that are children's shows that I certainly love to watch, you know, Steven Universe, Adventure Time, uh, the that new, the Disney uh, yeah. DuckTales I really enjoyed as well. Um, you know, there are so many great shows that I could watch forever, you know, that are aimed at children. But yeah, I think that definitely is a thing where you can, uh, you can watch those shows for longer now because I think they're just a higher quality. Whereas when we were younger, as soon as you got to any kind of age where you could uh, respect or understand quality in the show that you were watching, you very quickly realized that Peppa the Pig talks about the same Peppa Pig talks about the same thing every week, you know? So annoying. Neither did I. I have, because I have, I have a younger sister and younger brothers. So I also was stuck on some of the, some of those shows for longer than I should have been. Um, forced to watch them so i definitely started yeah. to realize that decline think, in content sort of or in quality just the tail end of when we were watching kids tv there's like a golden generation of kids tv starting uh sort of continued on now like i mean i'd love to be yeah up and definitely watch, like regular show adventure time uh like i think the start of it was probably yeah. actually phineas and ferb which i would say was probably like what 2009 2010 i mean it, i think that sort of started it that's yeah that, led to a big uptick in quality generally uh, yeah I am I, I think Phineas and Ferb was sort of one of the big one of the first shows to do something like that and I imagine the reception that it got that was just I mean, that so overwhelmingly positive from all ages as well that's probably what sparked this that's that rise in that content or in quality I think it's great yeah. oh me too it's, it's great um Still, like the jokes always land in that show for me. They're never not funny, and it's it's like it's by no means the most highbrow humor or you know incredibly introspective. But 
you know, it's it's no different from the likes of The Simpsons, you know, or Futurama, other or than it's, it's just a little bit less yeah. crass. I mean, to be fair, I've... yeah, it's just PG, but the dialogue, I think, I think, still it, just as funny, intelligent insofar as that it didn't treat the children watching it like an idiot. That, I mean, that's not so much for the child. That's yeah. not just for the adult that has to sit and watch it. It's not, it, it, it's not like completely devoid of anything. Sorry, I, I've just, I just said it shouldn't treat us like idiots, and I've just completely failed to form a sentence there. But what, what was getting at <laughs> is that it knew that adults would be watching it as well as children and that children do actually tend to enjoy things more when it's not just bright colours and loud noises and it, I mean the adults will enjoy it more if they can sit and watch yeah. it and I I think yeah basically every kid show follows that model like every good kid show should follow that model I mean I think another good example of it sort of around the same time was horrible histories i mean it was funny it was educational yes, incredible. and i mean my parents would be more than happy to sit and watch it with me yeah we've watched horrible history we've come back to horrible history re- yeah. horrible histories recently i think it's on netflix um and yeah we will we'll be, put that on whenever you're sort of in the mood to watch something something easy going but quite funny it reminds me yeah. massively of a lot of the monty python sketches um, yeah. I think it's a very similar style of comedy, and I'm, I'm a massive Monty Python fan as well. I think that, like, it, it just fits so well. It's very British humor, I think, in a lot of ways. But yeah, I mean, it's I think what else really is, a, a really funny they, show. They are a sketch group. They were sought out to do that, and they yeah. weren't kids entertainers. They were just a normal sketch trip, and they got them to do that. And I mean, I think that helps bring people who could be writers for just normal tv yes. shows the kids shows leave uh gives you a big boost in quality i mean i don't want to sit here and slag off children's writers and uh, the people who make children's shows because i'm sure many of them are brilliant at their jobs but yeah, yeah it, but it's a very different skill i think that's that's what it comes down to it's you know if if you write exclusively for children your books will be incredible for children but the adults reading or watching won't be as involved with it. So it's exactly what you're saying. Um, it's sort of, it's to appeal to whoever happens to be sitting in that room watching the show. Imagine having to sit more than 10 minutes watching that show. Anyway. Prick, giggle, piggle. Exactly. Oh, I hated that. Uh, I hated that show. What, in the Night Garden, is that what it's called? Um, it was one that we watched, I think, whenever, I think it was really popular whenever my little brother was youngest. Um, and it was one that we had to put on again. Similar thing to, you know, we we've all watched, you know, the older siblings. We've all watched our shows, so it's we have to put something on for the youngest now. And it would be in the night garden, and I'd just be seething watching it. But again, back in back in that day, look, you couldn't go upstairs and watch something on your on your phone or your iPad. You know, if you wanted yeah. to watch TV, you watched TV in the room, yeah. and that your or you went and played. That's true. I- can't think of and the last it. time there was an argument in my house over what to watch because I mean I'll, I'll usually I think I'll usually just watch what my parents stick on the TV but I mean the reality is if I didn't want to watch I'll just go play video games for a bit or yeah. watch my own show so yeah yeah there's very rarely that thing of can we not put something else on it's usually just 
Oh, yeah. I don't want to watch this. Yeah. I will go I somewhere else. Everyone, I mean, if my dad wants to watch something incredibly boring, he can. <laughs> Whereas it used to be an argument. <laughs> well, exactly. It wouldn't be an argument. I'd Nobody's win. tied down. <laughs> less an argument or yeah, less an argument yeah. just you having to watch something boring. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's a, a few more things coming out. I don't actually have that much written down for TV shows this year. I think TV shows are more subject to yeah. come something random will come out and you won't really know about it until it comes out. This is more things that I was very aware of. So follow-ups to things or, yeah. you know, the Disney, Disney Plus shows and things like that. So uh, Disney Plus, we have, uh, we have all of our MCU shows. This, these are something I'm really excited about for this year. Um, WandaVision has just started. It's three episodes in as of recording. I've watched all three. I, I'm, I'm loving it. It's a slow burn. I think a lot of people have sort of said that like it's a complaint. I think yeah. that the point of it is that it's a slow burn as of so far. I'll, I'll not spoil anything about it, but yeah, it's it drops hints as to what's coming, but I certainly have no idea what, what to expect from it still. It, it's very very much a sort of mystery show um, but no I'm, I'm loving it and excited to see where that goes <laughs> oh no look we're gonna get copyrights claims you've made an enemy of mcdonald's now no, as well no, add it to the list add it to the list of enemies relationship i'll get paid deep mcdonald's true next next week's sponsorship I might return my ban finally <laughs> Exactly. You have a McDonald's uh, ban, do you? No. The only person who bans me from eating McDonald's, my mum sometimes tells me I shouldn't think I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. There is n- no greater hurt, hurtful insult than a mother just politely telling you something that they think you oh, should or, do or better. Anybody in society. To be fair, uh, like, I mean, if there's a helicopter stuck in a tree you don't usually need to be a pilot to tell you they've messed up and i feel like that's maybe a sentiment that i just said a cinnamon. Cinnamon. i meant to say a cinnamon a cinnamon for, thing my, for some aspects of my life you don't need to have been there to know that i've not done that bit right <laughs> yes we are we are all over the place today or i am <laughs> suffering in silence here when you say it's cinnamon that is a cinnamon for your life a cin- cinnamon Trot might revolta. have been slightly too ambitious a word I love the idea of something being too uh, ambitious a word to go I mean, for I think, I think I remember saying someone, someone used cinnamon there you go, that's two times in a row without mistake uh so, someone done a post and they meant to say that and they said cinnamon instead I've not just meant to say cinnamon. so I need to take a second and think about how this word actually look this word. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> let's just all take a step back figure out what we're going to say write oh, it down on, if you I want can't also expect we'll come back to, to it cinnamon. that's not right either right <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Synonym. I, I find synonym Two yen. It's cinnamon. Cinnamon. There, there we go. It's it's 
so off the rails. This is the furthest off the rails we've gotten, I think. It's not worth it. It's not even funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, we're in this night. Tell this anecdote about mistakenly yeah, using the word cinnamon instead of synonym. And someone got a picture of cinnamon buns and just wrote loads of similar words on it. That's literally it. It's like, it took me about five <laughs> minutes to get there. It's like the flat renting story all over again. Listen, look, this is what story? people are here for, okay? The build-up is what it's all about, not the punchline. That no, not your episode. flat renting story. We can't get into that. That's yeah. it. That's its own episode. There is. Listen, if people demand it, we'll give it a teaser now. Luke told us a story once about the hullabaloo that was him trying to rent his flat. If you want to hear the story, I demand it in the comments. But I, I'll get into that again. This story took a solid 10 to 15 minutes to tell. And it it was yeah. completely he, void he of said- content. <laughs> Right in if you want to hear it. That makes it sound like there's something you'd want to hear. I can honestly say, even as the person who thought it was a good idea to tell the story, you will get half. We'll get halfway into it. I mean, by the time we get halfway into it, you'll think it should be done at that point, and you will realize that it was completely not worth it. There's not, <laughs> there's not a punchline. The punchline is I finally managed to get a flat to rent. Now the funny part that might be a punchline is I can't go back to it for but another two months during which I'm paying rent for it. That's a punchline but that's not the punchline to that story. No, that, that punchline didn't exist whenever you told us this story. This story was was yeah. maybe not pre-COVID but pre-lockdown uh, mm-hmm. and that that wasn't even part of it then. Oh, yes, so really? I can't imagine how long this story would it's take at this point. Four months worth of content on it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like as an episode you tell the story and then I tell it after and the episode is an hour and two minutes long, one hour of you telling the story and two minutes of me telling the same story. <laughs> it's like Chinese whispers. See how many times along before we can find out what it turns into. When it just turned into Luke tried to rent a flat in Glasgow yes. and got mugged for nine hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that as a game. We it's it's like that clickbait game where you, you take something that's really uh, tame and you have to try and word it the way that a clickbait thumbnail, you know, on YouTube or a clickbait headline from a from a media outlet would be worded. And that is such a fun game. Um, you know, it'll be like I went and got coffee this morning, and then the clickbait would be Starbucks tried to rob me. You know, <laughs> like that's that's how you transfer it. Um <laughs> Goss sexual, not clickbait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, our our MCU shows. Let's try and get somewhat back on track because we really don't have that much to get through here, and I don't know what we've been speaking about the whole time. Um, other things we've seen trailers for. We've seen trailers for Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's scheduled scheduled for March, and Loki, which is scheduled for May. We've also seen for What If. I don't have a release date for that, but. Maybe later this year, maybe next year. I'm not sure. Um, all of those look I, really I like good. I'm excited for all of those things. Going for something different than live action. Yeah, me too. I think it's it's a really great idea. It's sort of get to explore some stuff. I I do. I love an animated uh, movie or TV series. I, I just like that as a bit of a departure, and I like that this is still it's within that Marvel umbrella. So it's it's still going to be that high quality. It's not 
I think sort of just to compare it, I know it's shouldn't always compare Marvel and DC, but just it's an easy comparison. Comparing it to DC, they sort of their their live action movies and their animated movies are completely separate from each other. Um, I well, like that these are slightly more closer connected. Neck out that, that was just because of the DC multiverse that all these different all these different teach Yes, I think that is true for different reasons, or just because they they're their own number. Yes, and it's, but it's the movie. It's whatever the current movie one is. Is yeah, like yeah. six one six. Does that, no wait, six, <laughs> no six one six is Marvel. Uh, whichever what. Which ever one's Marvel, the movie yeah. series at that Although, time, so uh, it's one. Yes, exactly. Uh, which I do. I, I think that's. I think both are like good ways to do it. It's nice to just be able to like the DC the DC habit where you can just release for for their movies and TV shows and everything. You can kind of just make whatever story you want to, and it doesn't have to fit into their, um, you know, to whatever kind of universe they're planning. I, I do like that as well because obviously we wouldn't have got things like the the Joker movie or. Um, the new Batman movie and stuff that we wouldn't have got those if everything had to be in that Justice League universe, you know. TV so I think that that is for the best as well. Get cast in Justice League, Bryce quite happy now he wasn't cast in it. Yeah, even even more happy probably it wasn't cast in the that Flash movie because that has been in production hell for uh, the past I don't know five six years. That movie's been meaning to happen, and I don't know if it's even. I don't even know what the deal is with it now. I think it's still definitely happening, I mean, but when? I mean, I don't want to ch- ch- turn this podcast and to take a massive dump on Justice League every week, but I mean, the Flash and the Justice League movie was just obnoxious. Like, Flash should kind of be like Spider Man, a bit of a smart ass, but yeah. quite likable. Just made him a bit of a dick. <laughs> the movie. Yeah, and also completely yeah. like completely inept as well. He's just the the Flash's whole thing is running. Like that's what you're good at. That's that's your superpower. You need to be good at that. And he trips over, I don't know, four times in that movie, more. <laughs> that if you're the Flash, you cannot trip over. You know, if yeah. there's one thing you are not allowed to do is fall. That's like that's your whole thing. Is you don't have to do anything else other than not fall over. And he does it five times. He does it more times than anyone else in the Justice League. We and he's multiple and his job is to Justice run League. fast. Um, I don't know. I think Steppenwolf might trip over um, at one well, point, but maybe he gets punched. I'm, I'm not sure. To be honest, I, I didn't actually watch the whole um, movie. I so. mean, yeah, it's not even like the Flash is the excuse that all like <laughs> running at the whatever speed he does, and he can't process it. His perception. Uh, adjusts to how fast he's running. Yes, he has super fast reflexes. He can't. He's he's just an idiot. I think that's what it comes down to. I the Justice League version of the Flash works. is is yeah. a moron. Kevin James played the Flash in that movie. At least he knows how to steal a trip. <laughs> oh, please cast Kevin James as the Flash. I want that to be our news for next week. Is Adam Kevin Sandler James has been flat cast in the League. Flash movie? Obviously, Adam Sandler. Is Batman <laughs> goes without saying. Uh, yes, brilliant. Uh, David Speed is Superman. Uh, Aquaman, That's easy. God, be like what? Uh, Rob, Rob, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider is Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> oh no! And uh, who else is? Someone's got to be Cyborg, and that—that's 
yeah. Chris Rock, I guess. Yeah. And then and then one just completely out of left field celebrity yeah, cameo that you, is just you, in you this movie for some reason. List for, uh, you know, Wonder Woman. So it'll be like either Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Aniston, or Salma Hayek. No, I think it's Christopher Walken. Oh, I think no, is, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, he's in this Wonder Woman. Adam Sandler movie. It's got to be Buscemi. The saving grace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Buscemi is Wonder Woman. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Listen, honestly, I would absolutely watch that. I would watch it, I don't know how many times. Take all my money. I would watch that so many times in the movies. Like, get just get Adam Sandler a, a Marvel or a DC movie. Just make it, you know, set it in its own universe. It doesn't have it's to connect, but just let him have it's, some of those characters. If it happens in DC, it's canon somewhere. Exactly, so- it's canon somewhere, and I would absolutely watch it. I think, I think, because there, uh, we we did talk, uh, we did a, a live stream where we talked about um, the grown ups movies. There is there is some kind of charm to those Adam Sandler movies. It's not that they're good, but they have a charm about them, and I think especially if it was done very on the nose but with these characters that we that are so beloved that could be incredible and awful in in a lot of ways but it could be such a great idea but yeah those those mcu series i'm i'm looking forward to all of them i think i don't know what i'm looking forward to most might be wandavision now that i'm sort of watching it i but i'm excited for all these to be honest i love all those characters uh we also have scheduled to come out later in the year hawkeye is meant to come out in the autumn um, with uh, Hilly Steinfeld, I think, um, which I, I like. I really enjoyed her in the Bubblebee movie, and uh, she's in a few films, the Pitch Perfect movies, I think. Um, I think she's really funny, very charming actress. And Miss Marvel is also yeah. apparently coming in late 2021. It might be early next yeah. year. We'll see That's how that I comes out, but I'm really excited for that. I really like that character. Miss Marvel character. Um, Just because kind of different for... Um, a superhero and yeah. sort of most superheroes we get with maybe the exception of like the comedy ones like uh, Deadpool and whatever are very like not not that they're not funny obviously there's a lot of comedy in the MCU but they're like very sure of themselves and they are the best at what they do whereas I, I've yeah. always found from what I've seen of Miss Marvel she's fallible but it, it, I mean, it works very well in her favour sort of like it's it's charming, it's endearing. Yeah, I think s- similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, si- I think most similar to that is probably Spider Man. But I think the, the thing with Spider Man is that the charm is always that he's he's affable and clumsy as Peter Parker. But when he's Spider Man, he is you know he's completely sure of himself because that's sort of his him being his real self. You know, is whenever he can. He does, he's not trying to hide or, or pretend to be a secret identity. You know, his secret identity is Peter Parker. His true identity is when he's Spider-Man. So that's when he sort of comes into his own. Whereas Miss Marvel, I think she has that sort of, that charm all the time, which I think is is really, it's a great character sort of personality trait. And yeah, as you say, it's something that isn't it's, super common it's, it's in the Marvel movies. More realistic depictions of what would happen if um, you or I got superpowers. I mean, you'd be super psyched, but it'd be, it would be hard to definitely. It would be hard to get to grips with superhero with big giant fists. It, it makes me laugh, and I think it's a fun. Uh, it's just a it's just a real like fun character and sort of 
approach to the Marvel universe that I think is becoming a little bit sillier, but not in like a not to its detriment. It's just exploring more of these um, more fantastical, I guess, characters. You know. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the on- only other thing I have written down here again, Disney Plus series, we have the Star Wars series, uh, and we have the Bad Batch, uh, which is another a new animated show. And- uh, we have the Book of Boba Fett scheduled for December, um, which is I it, think is going to be pretty awesome. The, sorry, maybe that's the bad batch. You're going to say is there not one with the boyu from Rogue One? Oh yes, the uh, Andor Cassian Andor. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's this year or next year. Um, it might be early next year, but yes, uh, that'll be. I don't know if I'm excited for that or not. I, I think it's a, it's a cool idea, but I don't know if I, I like care the, that much about that character, so we'll like see. Idea, we'll see when it comes yeah, out. You know, it's, I think to it's, get people in, it's not going to. Yeah, go ahead. Sort of name recognition. It has to be good to get people into it. Like it's it's not it's not something that can yeah. coast along. Not that really anything can, but other shows could maybe like get. I, a, a, an initial following just from the name recognition of time to find their feet. This needs to be good from the start. Yeah. Yes, if they if they made a Darth Vader series, they could make it awful and everyone would watch it. Not that I think they would, but you know, if they wanted to, if they'd called the series Vader and every episode was just a man standing on a green screen with no special yes. effects put in, people would watch it every week, you know? Um, so I, I know what you mean about using these, not an unknown character, but relatively. Um, but then again, The Mandalorian was so good that I'll pretty much watch any of these Star Wars series as they come but out. I think, to be the, fair with that, I, they've I not burnt me yet. So Luna back in the room. I mean, I'm not, I, he's a great actor. I'm watching him in Narcos at the moment. Yeah. He's very good. No, I do. I think Diego Luna's great. So, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it to see more of him and see more of that character. I, I did actually like that character in Rogue One. So I think it's cool to explore that sort of that character who he will do anything for the rebellion kind of thing, you know, is sort of slightly more on the extreme side. Cause I feel like what we see in the Star Wars movies is very much the, the clean and polished, you know, it's Luke Skywalker and he, he does the big battle at the end, but that's all he really has to do. You forget that this is like a massive war that like any wars, there are spies and espionage and real like, people who have to get their hands dirty, you know, to do stuff. So I I really like that as a premise. Only thing I'm not as excited for with that series is I'm getting a little bit bored of sort of seeing that same era of Star Wars all the time. You know, there's like so much explored on, you know, going further in each direction from the original trilogy, you know, going back to before even the prequels or going way far forward or just setting it, you know, somewhere totally disconnected from the me and star wars timeline like you know it doesn't really matter about when but setting think, it somewhere that it's just completely unrelated um, I, I would love to see more stuff like well that liked, uh era of star wars which didn't yeah up until sort of they started doing stuff with it didn't have a lot of the timeline filled in so yeah. but but you've got the outline to work with whereas if you go yeah, post uh, either either side of the original six. If you post or pre, you're having to do a lot more work to try and establish um, a universe. 
when you obviously we saw the challenges of that with the sequel trilogy. But you're saying yeah. you're saying you would like to see things from before or after all the trilogies. I would quite like, and I don't think they'd be able to get Liam Neeson for it. I'd quite like a Qui Gon Jinn TV series. What then look do you think you would be most um, anticipating for? What TV show are you most looking forward to? Just trying to think. I, I feel like I can't say one of the Disney Plus shows since I don't actually have Disney Plus. <laughs> but you can, you know, if if that's going to be what okay, makes you buy it, though, um, surely that that just um, adds to the anticipation. For, maybe the Loki series. Then I really want to watch the Loki series. I, I obviously, I, you know, I don't need to gush over Loki here, and I mean everyone loved it. That mean. Especially if it sort of follows the new style of the Thor yeah. universe set and um, Thor Ragnarok, I would love another. Mis- I would love a series of just Luke getting up to lots of mischievous little deeds. Yes, well, he yeah. is the god so of mischief. Also, you know, if, if anybody could do it, he could. His art, because obviously, um, with the slightly screwy timelines, this is villain Luke again. So I wonder if he will do the same arc of going from villain to yes. villain who's occasionally benevolent to the good guys to just an anti-hero yeah i think that'll be interesting. i think i've also i'm not sure if this is speculation or if it was confirmed but that he was uh his mind was sort of being tempted whenever he had the scepter uh by the mind stone that was sort of making him more evil by sort of him being in proximity to that I don't know if that was confirmed to be true or if that's just a, a theory, but I like that as an idea and it makes sense as to why post-Avengers uh, he became well, more, gradually more uh, heroic. The, the snake Frank definitely was evil. <laughs> but then again, yeah, if you think, know that he's not going to be affected by it, then yeah, maybe I mean, it's not as evil, fair. you know. It's, it'd be different doing that he's on BAB. not in the MCU inherently bad. He couldn't have done the arc he did if he was inherently bad. But I mean, even in Thor 2, the dark world, when I don't think he had, yeah. he was in he was in contact with the Mind Stone, he was still an asshole and screwed over Thor multiple no. times. Yeah, yeah. That is true. Um but yeah, I am I'm looking forward to that series as well. I think yeah. my most anticipated is maybe the Lord of the Rings series. Generally, I'm a I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan, so um, that's that's sort of the thing that's uh, interesting me the most at the minute. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm looking forward to. Well, that wraps up our uh, anticipations for 2021. We've done our movies, we've done our TV shows, and um, obviously, that's there is more to entertainment than that. But uh, generally, other things are sort of more gradual to be released we've got you know, there's games and uh i'm sure there's some books and songs and albums and things coming out this year that'll be good but generally those things aren't as easily easy to find releases for um but yeah there's yeah. a lot coming out this year that i, mean, I think could be really good and i'm excited for it if there's enough demand yeah, yeah yeah so join us next week for our most anticipated poems of 2021 and we'll see you there uh no if, if people have anything they want us to talk about, uh, please just let us know. We've got uh, an Instagram page and um, that you can follow us, Crack and Bander Podcast. Please feel free to follow the podcast, give it a like, give it a review, whatever you want to do. 
And yeah, let us know if there's anything you want us to discuss. And we'll be back next week with some more stuff. Look at I'm sorry, Tom Cruise didn't mean to insult your friend John Travolta. Oh, is he witness protection? Tron Travolta look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so obvious. Yeah, he has the face of Nicolas Cage now. So, who has Nicolas Cage has been John Travolta for years? Who's got Tom Cruise's face then? Uh, oh, the same height as Danny Cruise. DeVito from Twins. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me, Luke. It's great to have you on. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about something. I don't know what yet. We'll see. We've got some ideas. And uh, yeah, it's been great. This has been the Crack and Badger yeah. podcast. Bye. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.